Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Rule the Roost podcast. I am your host, Raj Baines, which is always a signal that something has gone deeply wrong at some point, um, if I'm the first voice you hear. Seb isn't here. I think he now works in a cafe near or in Bath. Um, that's the impression I got from a tech. So he may have just given up on the football industry as a whole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that giggle you can hear in the background is the one and only Jack Hussey um, sat somewhere in... A leafy park in central London, I'm led to believe. Is that right? It's, well, it's, it's not too leafy. I mean, it's not one of the big parks in London. It's, it's more just a little green space, which is a, a precious commodity when you work in the in the city city part. So it's mm. uh, the only I, green areas I'm aware of in London are sort of Primrose Hill, um, that park on the way to Pall Mall, and that little stretch of green stuff next to London Eye. Obviously, as the tourist that I am, they're the only places that I'll have ever have really heard of. That's, that's really pretty much it, of. mate. The rest of it is just a grinding dystopia, so it's, yeah, it's fine. Perfect, perfect setting for this conversation, then. Yeah. Um, last week, we weren't throwing our toys out the pram or anything like that. I'm sure we would have probably wanted to exercise this conversation earlier than fucking double down on it. Jack, you were away getting high in Amsterdam. Um, getting high on life, just yeah. to caveat that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. as I say, Seb was uh, probably starting his career at Cafe Nero. Um, there's probably some induction you've got to do or something before they let you be a barista. Imagine um, if he has actually fucked it all off and become a barista. Yeah, I think it's just a new way, an avenue for him to meet women during the day. That's it? true. That's he's definitely he's, he's writing his number on he's actually pre-written his number on several napkins and he's got them in his back pocket just to dish out under a coffee whenever he sees one he's, a, as he he's, comes in. he's still bringing the emoji game to IRL so he'll sit out he'll sit out his stall get his iPad out have his coffee have his tissues everything like that and then just get an actual aubergine out of his bag and rest it on the table just give them, give them like a little a... wink and point to it every now and again, you know, as they walk past. Yeah, it's actually a, a well-known sign for people in that subculture <laughs> of the Bath dating scene. The man with the emoji in real life is what he's known. The aubergine man. It's, um, not, it's not like the milk tray. Remember those old... What, you're yeah. probably too young to remember the milk tray. No, no, man, I do but, remember. They tried yeah. to bring it back just recently as well. Just imagine, scab like... Scab? scaling like you know kind of whatever tower blocks and just dropping an emoji on a bedside table an emoji an emoji fuck them all over the place like let's um let's pile into the football i think the last time we spoke was before west brom 
Um, I think the the tone of the conversation was that you sort of you win that match and nothing really changes because uh, what Leicester so not Leicester Leicester had just beaten um, who had they just beaten. Swansea, yeah, resoundingly Swansea, yeah. as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Swansea essentially laid down and had whatever was coming to them done to them, um, and it was sort of yeah, everyone prematurely at that point. I, th- I still feel prematurely at that point was a bit overly happy with how that game went um, because I still believe I'd be beaten West Brom. Yeah, yeah, it would have been you know still same sort of thing. Pressure would have been cranked right back up and, you know, Old Trafford would have been even harder for them. But um, we did not beat West Brom. We um, we conspired to only score once when we could have scored, you know, seven or eight times. Uh, and the, the rhetoric after that, the main um, sort of takeaway was that Tottenham had bottled the league and it had gone away from us, um, even though mathematically, of course, all it did was really stretch the... Stretch the possibility in if if we're being kind about it in realistic terms, of course it, it it was sort of you know it was sort of chasing something that maybe wasn't there anymore. I think the players' faces maybe gave that away more than anything else because they genuinely seemed a bit gutted. But um, how it's, did you it's, feel it's, after the West Brom game? Because you well, you disappeared out of the country before we could even talk about it. Yeah, I, I think what's I mean the West Brom game it was irritating. It was annoying. I think I think what. This whole period, I don't want to bleed over into Chelsea yet, but this whole period, the thing that's actually irritated me more than anything that Spurs have done, and you touched on it there, Raj, is the whole bottling it rhetoric. is like, I, I, I will take it that, you know, we're a young, inexperienced side, and perhaps, you know, the, the momentum got the better of not just Spurs fans, but you know, perhaps the wider community, sort of like the football reporting side of things. As a whole, I think a lot of people maybe were like, you know what, Spurs are a young team, but they're not showing any inexperience. They're going into this head full of bluster and they're going to do it. Um, and perhaps that was slightly overstated. You know, people got a bit overexcited by that. And, you know, we've, we've had these little knocks. We've had little times like when the league was technically in our hands, so ahead of, like, West Ham and Arsenal. Yeah, it's, 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 like I was saying, there's only one point in the season where you could argue that Tottenham were ever in a driving seat. Yeah. It was before what is arguably has been our hardest game of the season. I mean, you can point to Dortmund away, but we put out a reserve team. Um, of all the losses we've had this year, of all the points we've dropped this year, I can't think of any occasion on which we've actually deserved to drop any points or lose anything. I think the hardest game we may have had was that, that Watford game we had away where yeah, they were yeah, in the middle of their, that, yeah. their fantastic run and we still managed to beat them in the last second. So... It's not as if any of these have been sort of bottling performances. And no. I think the the definition think, well, of bottle has maybe, been maybe stretched. West Ham away. That's probably the only game I would say we didn't show up, and it did surprise me. It was a little bit Tottenham of old. If we're to look at it, yeah, that's that, that would be my most disappointing performance. But it was at the very same time, it was the hardest one we had, and yeah, we did have definitely. the narrative against us. I mean, if anything, West Ham were as up for it, if not more up for it, than, again, Chelsea were. It's that same thing of, you know, them taking the London derby that bit more seriously and personal just because um, 
it's us that are ahead of them and you know they'd like nothing better than to to stop us and we've never been in that position before so I, I don't think we appreciated perhaps how much it meant to them as as players and fan bases to to thwart us as it conspired it has done well and it's, it's interesting though isn't it as well Roger when you look at it like you look at the way these narratives are painted you know you go on a four five game winning streak it's seen as like a remarkable achievement Spurs in this instance, don't go on that said four or five game winning streak. It's seen as a bottling. And I, I, I you know, I don't you think can, it is you can't seen be a as silly. a bottling. No, I'm I don't, think, I don't about, think anybody uh, with any credence has called it bottling. I think it's it's been name have, calling mate. by no, I don't, a lot of silly people are calling it a bit of a bottling. Like, yeah, but it's silly people, but nobody who you'd ever take any sort of um, you'd ever take any sort of importance in their in their opinion. I don't know, mate. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot. Of, I, I know this is a bit. This this isn't genuine strawmanning, but from the general media rhetoric I've seen, a lot of people have tried to play play it out as in when it mattered, Leicester did it, and Tottenham didn't, and have kind of alluded to this bottling it theme. And I think I think the tone has been remarkably unfair to Spurs. I do, and I'm I'm probably. Biased I think, in saying that, but I, I, I don't think Tottenham have been in these past few days. You know, Chelsea stuff aside, I don't think our season has been treated with the respect it deserves. Really, when it's when because there is a, there's the another crunch. story though, isn't there? It's always the, it's always that same thing that happens in sport when you know whether whether it's sort of Wimbledon and you see sort of the person who's played probably equally as well, if not just you know better to get to a final, and they're given their two minute. Yeah. sort of peace at the end of the game. They like to have their little bit of a cry and then the winner comes in and, you know, everyone stands up. It's, you know, if you don't get there, you you almost get more appreciation if you do well but not go for the main prize. I mean, if somebody, if you like West Ham or you're a team that's a few places down and does a little bit better than you, you're supposed to have done rather than going all the way and not getting quite there, the the arc's given a much different precedent because there's always a, a, a another person to highlight because look, you look essentially at fucking Eden Hazard the way the media's treated him the past few days season he's had that the fucking shite he's put out the waste of he's not scored any goals in the Premier year. League until no. the past two matches the um, absolute contempt he's treated his talent and his mm. club with this season mm. to be painted as some kind of a hero because he decided to show up in a big game. Fuck I do off. want to put to bed the um, this bottling thing, though. I do appreciate that perhaps there was people were alluding to it, and there may have been one or two mm. that had sort of. Uh, the, my personal feeling was that the people that I appreciate in the press and yeah. the people I would look to to give an honest opinion more called it a missed opportunity than a bottling. I mean, there are people like Sid Lowe who I think I've I can count on one hand the amount of times they speak about Tottenham because it's just not their jurisdiction. But you know, they went out of their way to go. Are people really saying that Tottenham have bottled this? I mean, like we said, there's there's one point in the season where we could have... Oh, the league title was in our own hands, so to speak, but that was with quite a few games to play. There was obviously going to be one or two more kinks, and for the most part, we've been, we've been chasing it. I mean, it's only been sort of the past, what, 15, 20 matches, really? The second half of the season at most. We've never been ahead of been, Leicester, have we? No, where the, the sort of the league title's been... A discussion to be had. Um, the first part of the season, I think we just sort of we were doing as well as we could, and we were flying under the radar. And then it was when 
when sort of everybody else fell away and it was only us and Leicester left that sort of we realised we we were in a bit of a run. Um, so I don't think we've I don't think we've treated the entire season as a title run. I think it just sort of it became that, and that's not a bad thing. I mean, I I wouldn't trade it in for the world. I'm not disappointed. Well, I am disappointed, but I'm not I'm not upset, so to speak, with sort of how it transpired because um, I'm still very proud of of our players and their efforts. But it's it's one of those things where you almost have to try and be more rational about it and not be too knee jerk because it's it's one of those where you can you can go a bit too far and you can mm. make too much of it. I mean there's a there's a saying in, in rugby league um that you have to lose one to win one. And it's probably true of other sports as well where that experience of not winning helps you then know what is the difference between getting over the line and what isn't. And obviously you can point to Leicester and go what experience have, have any of those players ever had of any sort of success whatsoever? But I think that's a freak occurrence, and I do not think I don't think that's disrespectful to say to Leicester whatsoever. No, um, it's not. I think what they've done, hands down, is is remarkable and fantastic, and to do it over the course of a league season is is unprecedented. Um, but I, I'll never say it's a fairy tale. By the way, I think it's it's a fantastic sporting achievement, but to call it a fairy tale, I think is. Is is ridiculous, um, and it's patronising as well. Really, yeah. ultimately, yeah. But again, I'm happy for Claudio Ranieri. I'm I'm happy for for Wes Morgan. Um, you know, the rest of their players, I can very much take or leave. Um, but it's you know, as, as if you take it in purely sporting context, it's it's remarkable. Yeah. Um, and I think the the sort of the wind that had reached their sails at, at some point, I think it would have been. It would have been so unlikely that they were failed when they got to the point that they they did just they kept on getting there. I don't think it's luck. I don't want to discount their achievement whatsoever, um, because you know there's 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 no there's no value to being bitter whatsoever. It's it, you know you you're cutting off your nose to spite your face at that point. Um, I mean, I'm I'm like you said, I'm I'm delighted for Ranieri. He's the main guy. Like I. I've always yeah. had a soft spot for Ranieri. He's, this morning, even with the in his press conference, he's got everyone on on the champagne. He's got a glass himself. Yeah, he's you know he's, to, he seems to like say how lovely guy. he's been, you know, and yeah, he he doesn't seem like a dick. He doesn't seem like someone that you can that you can spite at all. And even uh, if behind closed doors, he probably is like racist and homophobic <laughs> and stuff, you know. But whatever, he's, he's Italian, you know. Like he's uh, but uh, <laughs> he um, I think. And this isn't this isn't bitterness, and this isn't. And I agree with everything you've said. I think Leicester City story is great. I don't agree with the fairy tale crap. I definitely don't agree with all this shite I've seen on the BBC the past few days about Leicester now being the sporting capital of Great Britain. Because I, I think that, oh no, people do get a bit carried away. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Like, come on, do me a favor. Like, you know, they're getting out all these sound bites of like. We're a one-club city. You don't get blah blah. Fuck off, you know. Come with it. But the thing I will say, and I, 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 I think this is a fair point to make. I don't think it makes me a bitter Tottenham fan or anything like this. But the run we've had. So when people have actually started to take Tottenham seriously, um, and again, take nothing away from Leicester, they've they've come up against every challenge. And they've met it head on. And when people have said they're going to fall, so, you know, without Vardy, people thought they were going to fall and they didn't, you know, they went ahead and did it. But at the same time, I do not, 
honestly feel our season is comparable to theirs. If we're talking about a, a kind of fair marker of, you know, where they've done it, we haven't. Well, I, I would argue on that. We've played a lot more games, okay? You know, it, it's we like being in Europe, but I've enjoyed the cup runs. But you, you, I'm, and I'm not going to say ever that I don't want us to be in Europe because I've spoken at length about how much I love being in European competition. But that does add additional stress to the players. So there is the fatigue factor. And also, Leicester don't have any fucking derbies to play. Whereas we're pushing for a title and we have had to play three teams that utterly, utterly despise us that would, that have, and as we've seen in those three games, have gone above and beyond to do anything within their means to stop Tottenham from winning the league and from at least getting anywhere close to it. And that's not something Leicester have had to come up against. I know know people can argue that, you know, Oh, there might be this air of, you know, oh, Leicester aren't going to come here, this small club, and show us, you know, who's boss. But I, I'm sorry, like, you, you look at kind of some of the performances that have come in against us. That Swansea performance, they basically lubed up, finished, made them a cup of tea, and then gave them a back rub after, you know. At the same time, though, you could argue that Stoke had done very much the same for us true, a few true. days before. Yeah. yeah, OK, yeah, that's fair enough. But I, I think, you know, take take the other games out of context if we're just looking on the basis of like the London derby I do think it, it's probably yeah I do understand what you're saying there are there are probably harder fixtures for Tottenham to play there are, than Leicester there are intangible factors essentially that which sounds have, ridiculous it does obviously, and it sounds like a straw man but for, for anybody for any, for anyone to think it's okay to lose to Leicester is you know at the start of the season was you know, unthinkable yeah but if we if we concentrate on ourselves a bit more, um, that West Brom game again, this whole bottling thing and everything, um, I think we've put that to bed. I mean, I don't think you can bottle something that you haven't been in a in a position to win. I mean, weren't Arsenal top at, at the turn of the new year, like in 2016, they've been top of the league or something like that? Yeah, I'd be more worried had- about... Putting a few stinkers, that Southampton game stands out. Yeah, I'd be more worried if I was an Arsenal fan that had been top at some point and is now looking at a possible fourth place finish again. That's that's slightly more, you know, worrying. But again, not to, you know, concentrate on anyone else too much. The Chelsea game, um, if we move on to, to that affair, um, I mean, the build-up to it was sort of... Uh, nobody wanted to, nobody apart from Tottenham fans wanted us to win that match. I mean, perhaps there was um, a couple of you know Midlands teams, maybe Coventry and the like, who have some sort of dislike for Leicester. I'm not entirely aware, um, but you'd imagine they do being in the same sort of area that had been behind Tottenham. I know a couple of my mates as well had been very complimentary about how we'd played and stuff, and and you know there were uh, there was a there was an understanding, I think. That while Tottenham were the best team in the league, for Leicester to win it, it was the best story, and I think that's a, a very clear distinction to make. And yeah. again, that's not that's not taking anything away from Leicester at all. You, you, literally, I don't think even if we sat here now and went, oh, it's a it's a fluke that Leicester have won. I can't believe they've done it. Everyone's laid down. The referees have given it. Um, it was a perfect storm. If I was a Leicester fan, I wouldn't give a fuck. It would make me even no, happier exactly. that people would say that. So there's no merit whatsoever in trying to take away from their achievement because at the end of the day Wes Morgan's going to pick up that trophy in a couple of weeks time and you'll never be able to take that away from him um I mean 
if we're talking about Leicester fans, one of the ones I know most closely, my friend Alex, he actually, um, he sent a, we were in a group together and he sent our group a text sort of uh, 10, 15 minutes after it happened. He said, uh, lads, uh, if you come meet me in town, I'll buy you a glass of champagne. Um, that's where I'm heading. And um, he actually went out of his way after that because I said, well done. And he goes, you know what, mate? Uh, congratulations to you and your boys too. It's been an absolute pleasure ripping the arse out of the Premier League this year, the both of us. Um, and there was an, even an appreciation from him that... Um, that you know we've we've contributed to this season, and I don't think there's anyone that can can detract from that. I mean, he, he, knowing Alex, I do. I know I know he's not the biggest Tottenham fan in the world. Uh, you know, less to do have that weird dislike for us after the Harry Kane thing, which I, I can't seem to get my head around. I think but, it's also um, something from their uh, League Cup final as well. There's oh, yeah, quite yeah. a lot of ill ill feeling after that one. Yeah, there's there's a weird rivalry there that I've I've never fully understood. I mean, they've they've taken great pleasure in in beating us, and I know that's got a few people's backs up. The fact that they've been so happy to to sort of beat us, and they'll be, I think celebrating the league. There were some people in Leicester City Centre singing "What Two 0 and you fucked it up." I mean, that would be the last thing on my mind if I didn't win the title. <laughs> Um, but again, I mean, they've no idea how to celebrate that. And I imagine we'd have done much the same because we'd had no precedent with which to, to do that. Um, anyhow, the Chelsea game, we started fantastically. It was it was built up as it was, as, you know, win and essentially delay the inevitable or put more pressure on them. Um, but given that Leicester had, you know, this absolute shambles of an Everton team to play at home with their clackers and then going away to Chelsea who I think would have been passing the ball into their own goal if, if there's any chance of Tottenham beating them to the title um, I think it was a foregone conclusion by that point I think the Leicester game perhaps was a was a, a major stumbling block again the not the the West Brom game yeah uh, the Arsenal game was again one that we probably should have seen out and um Getting something out of West West Ham would have been better as well, but there's you know all the benefit of hindsight. You don't want to start going back all the way to the start of the season and rewriting every wrong that's gone across. No, you never learn anything doing that. Um, but yeah, we started fantastically. Went two 0 up. Two absolutely fantastic goals. Eric Lamella's ball through to Harry Kane. They were both beautifully intelligent during that. I mean, both me and my old man were pissing ourselves because we're like, oh, he's a mile offside. How was he given that? And then you see the replay and he's, they've both judged it to perfection and he's danced Spectacular, around. Spectacular, wasn't it? Yeah, danced around the keeper, put it in and you, look, no pressure on him whatsoever. And then Ericsson, similar, slips through Son. He had three three balls to choose from and he played the, the right one in the most perfect manner. And Son's finish, you know, it was a bit of a scuff, but you, you don't complain when he puts it in the bottom corner. Um, and it seemed um, seemed happy going. Uh, there was a bit of a flare up, I think, in the first half at some points. I mean, we were still getting a bit naughty. I thought Carl Walker was going to get sent off because he'd, you know, he'd already had his little kick out at Pedro, I think, and he'd gone flying into someone else on the touchline. Um, and then second half, um, Gary Cahill scored in a very scrappy goal. I think Toby Alderweireld didn't, you know, cover himself in too much glory there just as he did for the Eden Hazard one as well and um, yeah the the game sort of got away from us and rather than going down in, in a sort of Manchester City fashion and just sort of passing our way out and feeling sorry for ourselves they kicked the fuck out of Chelsea um, and I think that's the story out of that game I mean sort of losing the lead as we did was perhaps down to the fact that this Chelsea team aren't bad 
they, that's the best football they've played all season because they were so passionate about stopping us and they've had that performance in them all season but they've not had the level of dedication or care to actually show that to their fans and if I, if I, if I was their fans I would have genuinely been asking where the fuck has that been for the entire season do you know what like what a fucking joke of a fan base mate a genuine fucking what a confused bunch of cunts they really are <laughs> like you know you've got on one hand they fucking Lord Mourinho the man that's been a openly so disrespectful to Ranieri then they're holding up Ranieri placards you've got them fucking cheering the fact that we're shit but then they're happy to be drawing against us yeah, to be coming back from us being 2-0 up away from home on their turf. They're cheering on a load of fucking players that they were booing at the start of the season because they weren't showing any desire or any commitment at all, who subsequently haven't really done since that point either and now have just shown up in one game. You've got Eden Hazard, who was, you know, Still, in my opinion, not the best player in the league last year. Harry Kane was, but, you know, I'm biased. But Eden Hazard, the second best player in the Premier League last year, by a considerable distance, absolutely fantastic, who has shown to be an absolute twat this year in terms of, like, the regard, as I was saying earlier, for his own talent and for the club that are paying him. You know, he's he's not shown any commitment whatsoever to them, to their shirt, anything like that, you know. I mean, Jan Vertonghen, let's be honest, like the shit he still gets from Spurs fans. He's one of our best players. So I, d- I don't buy this idea that, you know, you, oh, we've, we've we, had arguments we in the do past the same. about the, yeah, the exactly. thing. You know, we do just the same. I, I, I don't think we would. And I don't think a lot of fan bases would. But, you know, they're happy to cheer on the fact that Eden Hazard is. It, 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 and it's also like the thing that irritated me about it is, is like it's a surprise that Eden Hazard is really talented. Like, he came on and, yeah, he fucking bossed us. He bossed the game the second he came on. Because, funnily enough, he's a world-class footballer. He's absolutely immense. Why look, he... when he actually puts in an ounce yeah. of effort, he's very good at doing what he does. Precisely. Why is that a fucking surprise? Why are you all cheering about that? Do you, you know, it's... Well, I know why you're cheering about it, because he scored a fucking clinker against us. But, I don't know. I, that That's what I threw a fucking wobbly about the other night, was more to the fact that I didn't mind that Leicester won the league. Like you said, I'd reconciled that. Like, they were going to beat Everton. Um, and if not, they were probably going to either beat or draw Chelsea. Um, it was gone. It, the league was gone. But it was more just them having any kind of sense or any kind of feeling that they had somehow stopped Spurs once again from enjoying something, enjoying a little bit of kind of success. Um, you know, it's twofold. Not only winning away at Stamford Bridge, which would have been a nice kind of monkey to get off our back, but uh, also the fact that, you know, it would have then put the league at least back into Leicester's own hands as opposed to us just kind of giving it to them. Um, it would have been... And I think it would have probably overall... I'm sure, actually, they don't give a fuck, but in a kind of perfect sense, it probably would have been nicer for them to actually win the league themselves, you know, so to beat Everton. I think the workplaces of Leicester on that Tuesday and... morning would have been happier if we won that match. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so that that was irritating, but from the whole, like, family stuff, the, the, the only thing I really condone from that is Dem... I know we've spoken about this, but it's like Dembele's. I don't, I don't think Dembele's kind of off 
off-ball face raking really has any place. Yeah, you know, like any sort of face. I don't think you can. If it was on the ball, it's fine, mate. Yeah. If he's if he's one possession, rake is both of his eyes. That's a proper face raking. The other one's just cowardly. No, but I mean, like, yeah, I did. I like. I fucking hate Diego Costa. If it was going to happen to any of them, someone like Diego Costa getting one is is perfect. Yeah. But I, you know um, that's that's why I hate Diego Costa because he does that type of shit. And I don't really want to see our lads do it. And also, you know, we are an inexperienced side, so on and so forth. But Dembele isn't. You know, Dembele's yeah. a seasoned vet- veteran, if you like, even though he's still young, member of our squad that shouldn't really be doing that. The rest of the lads, fuck it. If they can fucking leave one <laughs> on a Chelsea player, do it. I mean. If again, like people were talking about Dyer's tackles, none of them looked like they were. He wasn't going out to. Yeah, he wasn't going out to break legs. But but, he was making sure that they'd felt them though. Precisely, yeah. But they weren't. You know, they weren't Charlie Adam tackles. They weren't knee high. He was. I'm not sure if if that had been Charlie Adam against us, I think we'd have been. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) More or less, we'll we'll glaze over that. But but the thing is, the thing that the, the only difference I would make there is that. When it is somebody like Charlie Adam against Tottenham, he very rarely has anything to be playing for or anything yeah. to be angry about. It usually comes on in like the 75th minute in a match that's already determined and then just kicks someone for no apparent reason whatsoever and other than his own sort of wanting to have Armageddon on Tottenham. <coughs> um, but with Eric Dyer, he's, he's just come to terms with the fact that he's not going to win the league title. He's just come to terms with the fact that Chelsea put in their best performance of the season because they want to spite us. And he's gone, you know what, fuck these, I'm going to make sure you yeah. felt it. And I have no problem with that whatsoever, especially if you if you watch Manchester City limp their way out of the Champions League at the Bernabeu last night when on, they only needed one goal and they didn't get one shot on target for the entire match. If they're not raining down hellfire with studs up with minutes to go... What's the point of even turning up? I mean, we don't want violence in the game. Well, I say we don't. I, I personally enjoy them. I'd like to see them fight. Um, but, <laughs> but um, you know, you've got to have a bit of understanding the situation they're in. Anyway, Jack, well, fresh you, from his uh, fresh from his shift at Cafe Nero, <laughs> Seb's here. Oh, Jesus um, Christ, is he here? Yeah, he's, here. he's left right his penny here. at the side. How are uh, you doing, that's serious YOLO, that is. YOLO. Mate, I, 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 oh, YOLO. I'm, I've gone proper Yadar there. I'm missing, I'm missing up all my web acronyms a lot. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, I'm fine. I um, There's some um, refurb going on in the flat above me, so I'm working in Cafe Nero during the days at the moment, taking my uh, taking my iPad mobile. What so, you, have, it... you, have you actually just been chased out of a bedroom by a husband coming home from work? <laughs> 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 You're wrapped up in a in a curtain at the moment. <laughs> it's twenty to three, mate. She's just gone on the school run. Ah, <laughs> oh, this is a bad decision, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Anyway, still out there. To talk um, to uh, Seb less about your philandering ways. Yeah, yeah. I've um, obviously been listening, and um, I um, I was we've just... already we've covered West Brom. We've covered the fact that we didn't bottle anything. Um, we've spoken about Chelsea. Can I, can I just one add something about Chelsea? Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just really filling you in. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've been listening for about five minutes. Yeah, we, I know I added you into the conversation, mate. I know it yeah, worked. Jack, 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 Jack was full flow. I didn't want to interrupt. So um, um, yeah, so I, I don't, I don't believe talking about that, the kicking. Um, yeah, well, the, the kicking is the kicking, and you guys have covered that. I don't believe a lot of the Chelsea fans were as bothered as they made out by um, by drawing with us. I thought it was kind of um, as with Arsenal, um, it's kind of a, a thoroughly contrived response. It's a way of redirecting. Um, 
sort of attention away from what their team haven't been able to do. Because I thought watching them, Chelsea on Monday reminded me of mid-90s West Ham in the sense that they they cheat their fans. In the, I, I was talking to a, a Chelsea sporting friend of mine a couple of days ago and it's all very well turning up in, in rivalry games and derbies. But ultimately, where are you in the other 37 games? And um, yeah, it was very much like that. I just... um. Jack hit the nail on the head with the kind of Eden Hazard's effort and his sort of, you know... It's his, like somebody living in a mobile home laughing at somebody's mansion, but... Yeah, it? it is. It is look at where you're on. Look at your own house first before oh, you fucking all take stock of someone else's. Is, I hope it's still fucking funny when when you're watching us play in the Champions League. I and Because that that's the thing, isn't it? You, um, Chester Club with an enormous financial advantage over almost everybody. And... Uh, if if my club was in that position, if my club was finishing quite literally in mid-table, I'd be too ashamed to say a fucking thing. Uh, behind Leicester City and Tottenham Hotspur, Tottenham Hotspur who, hey, who were into like, a shit, apparently. You know, it's not so. even behind Leicester City, Jack. It's it's kind of it's behind Stoke. It's behind Southampton. It's le- yeah. almost level on points with Everton. I mean, come on, grow up, boys. Just just worry about your own health. Just to go back to this as well, the 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 kicking and the fighting and stuff. <laughs> we had a slight disagreement about this because I. What? No, it was. They it just realised the... that you've escaped, Jack. No, is they're off to. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's more so like we got shit out a lot off the board. I think like the title stuff comes into it, but Ivanovic, Fabregas, and uh, Costa in particular, the amount of times off the ball Fabregas they were, especially. Yeah, on Kane, on Lamella, on Eriksson really fucking, like, holding on to them. Like, I think Klattenberg was in a... He wasn't... He's very easy to, like, have a dig at because he's a twat. But I think he refed it reasonably well that game. Um, and he was kind Hard game of to referee, though. Very right? hard game to referee. They but, could have, he, he could have either done it in the manner he did where he sort of went, OK, there is a different base level of what is a foul and what isn't in this encounter. I'm just going to pretend I'm not yeah, seeing any of this. Yeah, or he could have... <laughs> Or he could have sent off half of both teams. And it could have and finished as a fucking five-a-side game. Yeah, but, you know, so like you're saying, you know, we've lost the title. We've got all these sneering tossers that have been volunteering these kind of their thoughts all fucking week about how they can't wait to stop Tottenham and they're going to celebrate like it masks their own fucking inefficiencies for this season. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can imagine players like Dyer have just thought, you know what, I've just seen this little cunt fucking kicking my mates for 90 minutes, been laughing in my face for 90 minutes, it's been fucking laughing in the press for 90 minutes. I don't give a shit, actually. I'm going to fucking boot him, with, um, you know? I, I don't have a problem with any of Dyer's tank. Like Jack said, the only thing I had a problem with actually was the Dembele moment um, and maybe the, the Ryan Mason challenge right at the end. But I, um, Fabregas... Cesc Fabregas is a kind of, is an underappreciated. Uh, good, speech out. What's happening in the background? Mate, I'm out and about. I'm out oh. and about. Hang on. Let me mute myself. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, Seth Fabregas is kind of under, a, he, he sort of flies on the radar as a sort of, um, like a, a limp hatchet man. I mean, because he, he's one of those sort of snide players that doesn't doesn't like anything sort of face to face. He's a kind of he's a pizza throwing, apparently genital grabbing. Um, <laughs> Cesc Fabregas is the reason why I he's, think uh, football, he's they should little... let them fight because yeah, he, he's he able to get he's, he's able to get away with what he does because he's well aware that there's not going to be any consequence. <laughs> he knows that nothing's going to happen to him. We I think if you let them have 30 seconds of a scrap and someone chins him once, he's never going to want any of it again. As you can imagine it in the tunnel, can't you? Sort of going up and like, um, you know, having a bit of, of a fiddle with Eric Lamella before then running and hiding behind Nemanja Matic or John Mate, Terry. Like, he's like that you, kind of player. Yeah, like you were saying in your article. the tackle that you get from a from player like Eric Dyer because <laughs> I don't like seeing our players put other professionals at risk. But when the kind of things that have happened, um, when the kind of things that happened in that game have been going on. Sorry, fair play. Go like, for him. Eric Lamella, he might have silly haircuts and he might be kind of like <laughs> skinny and that. But he, he, like you said in your piece, this is a man that's experienced like Definitely. the fucking Bombonera as a, as a River Plate player. You know, he's he's had fucking balaclava ultras. He, he doesn't, I don't think and stuff Lamella like. is getting intimidated by no. sort of the recruitment consultants at Stanford Bridge. No, he 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 the, didn't give a shit. The fox, the fox and agent. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, exactly. I don't. Um, I, the point uh, that I made in, in something I wrote is that I'm I'm still furious. By the way, four days later, <laughs> the point that I made in, in something I wrote was that Tottenham have been seen as this you know weak willed sort of pushy over a side that can be bullied and you know we've done a lot. Yeah, to you were right. Dis- I, I read your piece. Yeah, we've I, we've done a lot to discount that this season with sort of the way we've defended, the way that you know players like Lamella and Dyer aren't scared of sort of testing the boundaries of a yellow card. Um, at points in a, in a game, just to sort of assert themselves, but in excuse me, I just burped. In most winning sides, there is a level of of sort of bastardry and dickheadishness. Yeah, that, there's a general belligerence. Yeah, yeah that, I, that exists in it. That gives. It's not done to be sort of malicious. It's done to give a, a competitive advantage. I mean, we celebrate it in what Atletico Madrid are doing. Um, we've celebrated in the past with things that Mourinho's done with his teams, especially at Inter. It's a way of sort of imposing yourself on a match in a manner that Tottenham have not been synonymous with in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think. We because it's the first time we've ever tried doing it, we may have overstepped the boundary and we're not being as good at it as we think we were. I mean, there's there's probably slyer ways of doing it, cleverer ways of going about having it. I think Diego Costa's a, a you know a sorcerer in the dark arts. He's he's perfectly well aware of how to do those sorts of things and and almost get away with them. Um, you know, Luis Suarez does a similar thing, and you hate to see it in other players that aren't on your team. But at the same time, 
there's a correlation between that occurring and their success. And that doesn't mean that I want Tottenham to trade in their fantastic football and the way in which we play and the, and the sort of the style and the glory and the glamour of of the identity of the club. No, no, no. But if yeah. we somehow take elements of what happened against Chelsea, add it to the backbone that we've developed and make sure that in some matches, you, over the course of a season, you're going to have some games where they're played in an, in an open, open and honest manner and they're going to be a game of football. It's going to be purely you know, decided on who's the better footballers and, and what happens on the day. And we saw that against Manchester City, for example. There was no needle in that game whatsoever. It was it, no. That game well, was Well, there hasn't really been any needle in any of our games. I mean, uh, there was a little bit against Arsenal. Um, yeah, but, but it, for example, the, to... if, you look at, if you look at where we've, we've stumbled, it's been against, uh, you know, West Brom at home because they're a more physical side. I don't, I, you know, I don't want to sort of sound bitter. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't think we played that well against West Brom. I, I, I mean, they, they are physical and you're quite right. But, yeah, um, uh, West Ham away this... where there was obviously all that narrative and all that. that was yeah. Probably yeah. In it, given it was their last game, it was more intimidating environment or what have you. But if, if those games that aren't decided purely on attacking talent where there's, there's variables and there's, you know, intangibles there, there's, it's more of if you're going to reduce it to cliche, it's more of an arm wrestle than a football match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You need oh, well, to be able to win those matches as well, and I think that's what we're developing because we used to be in the past a team that would shrink from that. Yeah. It would well, be. Do, do, do you know? I tell you, at this juncture, lads, this is it's this really is freaking direct... me out that you seriously you come out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a direct and exact comparison to be made here. If we look at the the manner in which we went down under Sherwood 3-0 to Chelsea away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would much rather go down in this way than in no, that way. And I'm, I know there's yeah, an in-between, yeah. but I don't want to look back on our team having played against Chelsea and seen them fucking give up the yeah. way they did at Stamford Bridge that night. And, you know, fucking whatever we say about Sherwood, he was fucking, like, he wasn't right to do it in public, but the sentiment he was at yeah. least projecting after that match was spot on. That fucking he was team. the cause and effect of that situation yeah. occurring. Yeah, and he was but, also like broken clocks, you know. I mean, I, 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 your point is absolutely right. I just think that also, um, a bit of context, a couple of days have gone by, Tyrus gone, well done Leicester, and, and let's be honest, if we'd won that game, do, did we, would we ever have trusted Everton to get anything from Leicester over the weekend? No, Everton are a appalling football team at the moment. And I think there's a, there's a real, there can be some pride in saying, yeah, well, we still took a point away at Chelsea, a point which takes us probably beyond Arsenal this season. Um, and, and we, we gave them, the fuck and out. we gave them an absolute kicking in the process. I mean, it, it was it was quite. I mean, take the anger out and the fact that it was Chelsea and, and all that kind of stuff, and 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 forget the context. And it's actually a pretty good day out. Um, fucking amazing. Fuck Chelsea. I fucking hate that club. Yeah, but it's just, it's it's all sort of like I don't believe that their players or a lot of their fans understand the rivalry that much because it's a different club. The the rivalry is based on a completely different era. Um, you know, a time before a lot of these people were you know obviously but long before most of these players were at the club, all of them, and you know probably a long time before a lot of their fans were. So it's it's just an affectation. It's a kind of it's a she doth protest too much type scenario. Um, and as I say, you know, then they um, you know, enjoy us watching, enjoy watching us play in the group stages and knockout stage of the Champions League next year. Okay, if we um, if we do sort of turn our attention to the future, um, and sort of next season and everything, 
Pochettino's come out, and I'm not sure if he's signed or not yet, but he's... He's come he's, out? He's, uh, no, he's... he's, he's uh, <laughs> Sorry, that was a bit lad vibe, wasn't it? Sorry, right. I've been featured Fuck on fucking it. Uni Lab this week, so yeah. they, they've nicked my joke, so they're, they can... Mate, you know, I was in the sun this morning, for God's sake. You were in the sun? Yeah, <laughs> what? Like one of my tweets from um, from the game between um, Real Madrid and, uh, and Manchester City last night is being used as a source of banter in the sun. In print? No, thank God. I don't know. I don't. I, I haven't looked inside the sun. But like the first thing I, I woke up this morning to some American guy who follows me. He sent me a, a sort of a screen grab of it, going, "Apparently, this is a source of great shame in England." And I was like, "What well, good day this is going to be!" <laughs> what a strong. Start. And then you had to leave for your shift at Cafe Nero. Exactly. Make those lattes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I bet you're one that does the uh, the the milk art in the top out. You're putting love hearts in people's coffees and that. Mate, wink. If I did work at Caffeineer, I bloody would as well. Yeah. Like, I, not just he's he's managed bars, to actually to work his number in with the foam. <laughs> he's actually got a stencil made so when he puts the cocoa on top of a hot chocolate, it's an actual emoji of a aubergine that's resting <laughs> on top of the drink. Um, anyway, um, yeah, next season, Pochettino um, has extended. He's ex- you came onto the call, mate. He's fucking attending your own funeral. Um, yeah. Um, Pochettino's extended his contract till 2021, I think it is. Um, not, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah, I've forgotten what year it was. Uh, 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 yeah, 2021. Um, so that's what, five-year contract, which is two-year extension. Uh, reports that Christian Eriksen's going to sign up. Everyone else that's sort of major yeah, signed up you'd, you'd imagine well. Jan Vertonghen wouldn't be far away um uh, Dembele needs a new contract if he's not got one already and it seems as if the core of the squad is staying at least um but the question is on sort of the supporting cast we've spoken at length about the fact that we need somebody to help um Harry Kane up front I mean um Clinton G's very raw and although Jack wants him tattooing on his back um, we, we're not sure of you know how good he's going to be. Although you'd imagine next season, if if they, if we were to bring in another striker, he'd he'd probably get a crack in some sort of things. But wait like a second, Clinton. you two chat amongst yourselves. The doorbell's just gone. Oh, I tell you, I've I've actually got to drop out as well, guys. I've got, I need to go back and do some work. What? So I'm going to have to soliloquy? Yeah, monologue alone. That's it. I will look forward to listening to this in a minute. Actually. Okay. Well, I'll see you later then, mate. Right, uh, but I do love Clinton and G. The season might not have panned out as we'd, ex- you know, well, not expected, but hoped a few weeks ago. But uh, I'm still proud of the lads. So, uh, coming to Spurs. Bye bye, everyone. All right. Well, this is going to be a little bit awkward until Raj comes back. But I like Clinton and G. Now I'm going to explain why I like Clinton and G. Um, he, I don't think his his future is as a long term centre forward. But um, in the little snippets that we've seen of him. Uh, most notably probably against Manchester City before his um before his injury. He um he see I, I was impressed by how quickly he got um the kind of the pressing role that every attacking midfielder has to play or every sort of attacking wide player. And um I yeah, I just think that sort of with a little bit of refinement and with a proper preseason behind him, um, we've got a pretty good player there. I mean I, I think he he's he's arrived as advertised in the sense that um, anybody that had seen him actually play in, in France said that he's a sort of he's a project player rather than a um, rather than a kind of off the peg star that can just be dumped into the team. 
Um, and yeah, I think that's, and I, Jack, I, I know Jack's gone and Rod still isn't back. Um, but one of the things we've said for most of the season is I that. I think somebody else played Oh, on the thank God you're back. Thank goodness. Mate, well, I was, you... Jack's gone, so I was just monologuing by myself. <laughs> um, that's going to make it interesting. Listen, so did he? Did he say goodbye at least? Yeah, he did. He, he just, he just, but he, he, he mugged me off completely. He was just All like, right. I'm off. What have you been monologuing about? Clinton and G. Okay, yeah. So we're back now. I mean, it's okay, so we can. So I don't have to speak about Clinton at all. No, we've done that. And um, I, all I was going to say is that I don't think you know our transfer activity this summer needs to be particularly dramatic. Or and I don't think it will either. So okay. Um, no, I, th- I think it's all about. I think the the main cast is fine. It's the supporting yeah. cast and extras that you need to. Sort yeah. of build up on. I mean, Bit of um, over the no. past couple of games, I don't think Ryan Mason's covered himself in glory. I don't think that makes him a bad footballer. I do think perhaps if you're going to be at the level that Tottenham are aspiring to be, then then maybe he's one that you would be ruthless about and you'd allow him to go in a similar move to Andros Townsend, although not in a similar yeah, set of I, circumstances. I, my, I, my, I, I had a lot of big, shouty opinions about how good Ryan Mason was last season, and I'd like to retract all of them. No, I think he's 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 very good, but I think no, I I don't think he's. I mean, no, I, if, I think he's fine. If you let but... me finish my thoughts, Seb. No, I, I think I he's very think... good, but yeah. I think the leap that Tottenham have made as a club from last season to this okay. has yeah. left him in the past. If you know what I'm saying, he's, yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's not Jamie O'Hara. He's not Dean Marnie. He's not a bad footballer, but at the level that Tottenham are now playing at compared to where we were last season. There's been a progression there that that nobody was really anticipating this quickly. That may have just left him in the past. There's a decisiveness that you need from a footballer um, that he just doesn't appear to have. And I understand that he was very um, very good in the youth team and he was top scorer and all that sort of thing. But that that cutting edge hasn't really translated into the the top flight. I mean, he scored one or two goals. He scored a very good goal on his on his one of his debuts against. Nottingham Forest, um, I think it was at home. That long range cracker he scored that winner yeah. against Sunderland that he got injured in. Um, I think injuries are a real issue for him. Um, all things taken into account as well, because this is one of his first seasons, and you know half his youth career was you know put to the side because he was permanently crocked, and he's missed quite a lot of this year for for similar issues. I think Pochettino very much likes him though because he he obviously does as he's told and gets in the right positions and tries very hard, but some point you you maybe just need a an additional bit of quality on there as well i mean you'd maybe want to see if over the course of um over the course of preseason that if he has the ability to improve but that's an area in which we could we could do better and i mean in an ideal world the the substitution that was made on the on um on midweek on monday even not midweek um you'd have wanted Bentaleb to come on in that sort of position because in the way that the game was being played at the intensity and the sort of the needle that was in it, he'd be perfect for that. He'd stick a boot in, he'd get the ball forward and keep possession better. And you'd imagine he'd... He'd, he'd, he'd almost be too perfect for that situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He would have come like, on like, with Can you a... imagine what Deli Ali might have done in that scenario as well? Yeah. I'm kind of glad he wasn't playing. Just, you know. <laughs> yeah. Deli Ali would have been on the floor pummeling someone at Banned some point. Just forever. Sort of, yeah. you, know, you know, like when you see a... <laughs> primary school fight and it's just like one kid yeah. pummeling someone else through tears that's what Delia Lee would have been especially after he saw Eric Dyer get so worked up um, those two would have been you know on, on the warpath together um, and the brothers those two yeah, <laughs> yeah I love it um, but yeah Benton Leb's a concern you want to you want to make sure that either he goes because he no longer has a relationship with the club that he ought to 
Or you want to repair that because the boy's what, 20, 21 years old? And I don't think he's he's really put a foot wrong. He's he's had some bad performances recently, but I think that's been an offshoot of sort of how uncertain he feels of his position and sort of you know, his standing in the team. I think he has a lot to contribute. Um and he would be a perfect person to play when Dembele isn't there. I mean, if you wanna mould a new Musa Dembele, you've 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 got the right parts in, in Nabil Bentaleb to make that player. You just need to sort of sell him on the project and keep a smallness first because he seems extremely temperamental. Um so you just need to know whether or not Pochettino's gonna let that continue or not. Um other than that, there aren't as you say, there aren't massive changes that need to be done. It's not a complete restructuring for the first time in years. It's not, you know, there's no real um there's no real panic or anything. It's just sort of uh finishing the season we we need three points don't we to guarantee second place because i think if we go three points ahead then um that keeps us three points above arsenal and with our goal goal difference is worth a point yeah that's not not being changed so Um, we we need we need a win essentially against southampton or newcastle and i'd much rather beat southampton this weekend and not go into newcastle needing anything because the way they're playing at the moment is a concern and also the way the last game of the season deciders with Arsenal of who finishes where is is not a happy I, memory. I source. think actually, mate, um in, unless Manchester Manchester City scored ten goals in the next two games, if they beat Arsenal on Sunday then um Oh have they got uh, to play City? Yeah, they're playing each other. And they're, oh, they're, happy fucking days. If City win then we'll we'll be Yeah, well, if City win then that we play first anyway, but if City win... Even then, if City um, draws, as long as Arsenal don't win that football match, we're... we're yeah, well, it, I mean, it will we'll have played before because we're at one thirty on Saturday, on Sunday and um, and they're at 4 o'clock, I think. That makes me feel much better. I've forgotten that fixture yep. existed. So it doesn't really... I mean, I'd expect a little bit of a drop-off over our next two games and, um, you know, but I, I ultimately I don't really see it mattering, I think. I don't um, expect a drop-off, you know. I think... Well, maybe... We, we, I think uh, Pochettino is going to put a rocket up them and make them play... Well, I expect um, a drop-off because we're going to be missing Dembele of these next two games. Um, I don't think a drop-off in the effort levels or anything. Though, oh, perhaps. no, no, not like that. I don't, I don't expect our players to phone it in. I just don't think that, um, you know, we've... Um, Danny if Rose anything, they're probably, gonna, they're, they're probably going to try and want to prove that they're still the best team in the league after a couple of draws, and I don't think Pochettino's going to be... Maybe, maybe. them settle. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, That may be just me being... Um, well, being I, I, positive. I, I think, actually, by the time we get to Newcastle, I think... Um, I see Newcastle being safe um, because Newcastle are playing Villa on, on the weekend and that's just like giving someone three points. Um, and, you know, I, I, in this situation, I'd always kind of like Newcastle, if they win that game, they'll be four points clear of Sunderland. Sunderland will have a game in hand, but, you know, I don't see, I, I just, I don't think either Sunderland or Norwich are good enough to catch them once they've got that three points. So That's fair enough. Um, okay then. And then um, we all get to laugh at Sam Allardyce getting relegated. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> um, right. Um, have we got anything else to cover whatsoever? I mean, we've had some questions that we have again. I don't want to talk about Southampton because... No, we don't need to. It's, okay. it's insignificant. It's, it's purely about the result. I want to go back and walk out and sit in the sun or something. Uh, here's one from Samuel Owens. I think we'll have probably answered this already, but do you think Pochettino would have given an angry team talk after Monday or encourage and get the players to learn from it? I think it's probably the latter, isn't it? I think yeah. if there's any man in the world that would have been happy to see his team kick the fuck out of somebody else in defeat, <laughs> it's him. I don't I don't think you can... I, don't, I mean, to be honest with you, if you're a manager, what would be the point in an angry team talk after that? You know, with everyone all riled up, I think... 
I think in the days afterwards, like he might sort of say, well, it's okay to have to have enforcers, but we can't have eight enforcers on the pitch at the same time. Nine was it nine red yellow cards? Nine yellow cards. Red and old. even Michelle Vaughan got involved. <laughs> he comes off the bench swinging at players and <laughs> I was so proud of them. I mean, I'm not I I I, 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 I didn't have a problem. Pe- I had some people sort of after the game coming up, I don't want to see us lose our class and things like this. It's that have you ever been sort of do you remember when you were, you know, then my age essentially, and you know what I'm like on FIFA if I conceded yeah. If we were sat in the same room, Seb, I'd be putting two fucking feet through you. Yep. So the fact that that's happened to them in a proper football field against people who clearly hate them, I am completely on a wavelength with them. And I, I took great pride and great pleasure in the fact that they took their frustrations out on the other team um, in a competitive manner because well, I, uh, I, I, think, I appreciate I think, you that. You know, what's been overlooked, Raj, is that some of it was quite provoked, not just because of the scenario, not just because we were losing it, but... The behaviour of some of those Chelsea players wasn't great. And it's kind of, that's being glossed over a little bit. That's the thing, though. Tottenham aren't the team who would have have clapped back. We would have taken it before. And the fact that we did not take it lying down, we stood up for our own. And we, you know, there was no stepping back from us. We've made it clear to other teams now who think it's a, it's a game plan to step to Tottenham that they're going to be getting something back in return. And I, I think that discourages teams from from trying to get physical with us. Because at the end of the day, nobody wants Eric Dyer going through. Yeah, I, well, there, there is a bit of that, yeah, of course. But, I mean, I just think also, if you look at things like, if you look at um, you look at Cesc Fabregas' reaction to when Eric Lamella stands on his um, <laughs> stand and on, on his hand, I, I mean, that's kind of like Lamella... I don't know whether the man meant. I'm inclined to think he of probably he did. did. He changed direction. Yeah, he probably did. Walk on <laughs> but if you look at, I mean, Fabregas is, is it rolls around as if his hand has been amputated, um, and he's sort of he's in absolute agony for about five seconds. Then he's up in the linesman's face instantly, showing him his hand and showing him the stub mark on his hand. Then he's in the referees, and he, there comes a point in which you just think, all right, I, uh, the pathetic level that I played. Uh, I remember what it was like when you had someone like that on the pitch and you just thought, fuck you. And then everything else beyond that is kind of, well, you deserve it. And You go um, and stick an elbow in later on and you get him back. And you I was I was more it. a studs man than an elbow man. But, um, uh, I played rugby though. I played a proper sport. Yeah. You don't you say, use your studs you say, in you're saying, you're saying football's not a proper sport. Let's, uh, don't let's get yourself a little bit of a hole there. <laughs> let's, let's leave that conversation for another time, Seb. I yep. don't want my, my real opinions of football to come out. No, okay. <laughs> um... But yeah, we, we've had no questions that are really worth answering over than that. Should we, one. Should we, should we kill it? Because uh, it's like yeah, it's just four... under an hour. Just under an hour. Oh, is perfect. perfect, perfect. All right, cool. Uh, me and Jack had a good sort of half an hour before you came good. home. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think the overall tone of what we're trying to say and everything. I mean, um, really proud of the season. Wonderful. It's one of the, my favourite seasons of my lifetime, comfortably. There's obviously immediate disappointment. I think more after the West Brom game than the Chelsea one. I think I was I was I was defiantly proud after Chelsea won, and especially with all the sort of the Leicester celebrations as well. There was it wasn't disappointment. It was perhaps a resignation, but there was no. I don't feel as if we've bottled anything, and I, I can't I can't sort of stress I that enough. We haven't bottled anything. I mean, I I hate that we haven't bottled anything. I mean, we just um we came up short. You know, and, the thing and, that I've, uh, I've refrained from saying, and because I think people get really bored when I speak about rugby, um, especially now that I've openly said it's a better sport than football, uh, um, is uh, is the thing that this reminds me of the most. The sort of 
getting so close and then the disappointment of it and the age of the team and everything is the Rhinos in 2003. Um, it was the first season that Sinfield were captain at, at 22. It was, you know, there was a young core there. Danny Maguire had only just started playing. They got to a Challenge Cup final and lost, you know, unlawfully against Bradford. And uh, I'll, I'll carry on saying that for the rest of my life. I've <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> still not got over it. Um, when I said let's finish it, I didn't no, mean no, the, launch the that, into a Rhino's no, no, not, retrospective. No, no, no but I'm, the other one, the other one is they went out of one of the first rounds of the playoffs that year when you know people were expecting them to do much better because they you know they performed better in the league. And the next year in 2004, they won a lot. Um, they won, they finished up of the league. They won the grand final, and it was because they had that experience of losing the year before, and it was because they knew what it was like to to get close, and they had. They had the the fuel the fuel of disappointment, and there is there's uh, Rory Smith wrote a very good article about this today. I mean, I think you probably just said there's a Rory Smith article rather than saying it's a very good Rory Smith yeah. article, isn't that? Yeah. Let's take that as read. Um, but um, he wrote about the fact how how teams react to losing and how the, you know the the second place team reacts to to just missing out. And you know, he, he gave the very good example of. Um, of Liverpool just recently when they finished second. Um, but obviously they had the mitigating factors of the fact that, you know, Daniel Sturridge was injured and Luis Suarez left and, you know, they had a broken and crap Steven Gerrard as their sort of backbone of that team. Mm. Um, and, you know, uh, it's about how you react, really. And you, you can go one or two ways. You can have that sulky season where you completely fall off and you wallow in your own... In your own uh, and your own misgivings from the from the year before, or or you take that as a lesson and you kick on. And I don't think with a manager like Pochettino, he's he's going to allow them to be disappointed in themselves or to you know feel sorry for themselves for too long. And uh, that gives me a lot of uh, a lot of excitement for next year. I mean, back in the Champions League, hopefully automatically. Um, no, 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 that's guaranteed, mate. We are back in. Champions we are League. top three. Yeah, oh. um, cracking. Um, It'll just be, you know, it's it's it, it's going to be a good L- year. Little Chelsea fans skipping through the Sky channels trying to find which what time their game is on, on in the Champions League. Not this year, boys. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but um, hope it's still tra- funny. Tra- hope you're still laughing. We're, first, tra- we're trying not to be bitter, Seb. Absolute fucking bastards. No, no, I, I, it's not bitterness. It's just, I, it's more of a kind of aggressive fuck offness, actually. Yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, we're in we're in the best shape we've been in years, and it's just about building on that now and uh, and kicking on and seeing what happens next year because you never know. Guardiola at City, we don't know if that's gonna take off straight away. <laughs> the same, he may win the league by. You he know, may well do, but like, that's that's one of those things, isn't it? It's just you know, like... we don't know how well Conte is gonna do at Chelsea. We don't know if Mourinho's gonna beat United. It's there's all these invariables there, and we don't know if Wenger's still gonna be at Arsenal. That's a serious question. Um, it's um, it's going but, to be interesting next year, but there's no reason why the fact that we now have over everyone else the advantage of consistency and a basis that nobody else really has other than ourselves and, and Leicester. Um, but as I said, as I said this to Jack before, I mean, if you if you call what Leicester have done a, a freak season or anything, I don't think there's there's any malice in that whatsoever. I think that's a, an honest appraisal of what's happened, and I don't think that detracts from their achievement and I wouldn't ever seek to detract from their achievement because it is it's it's ridiculous and remarkable and and all of that sort of business but it's still 
it's still a freak occurrence. <laughs> um, there's no other way of of really yeah. uh, of slicing it, is there? Um, no. But we'll we'll see. Um, I mean, it could have been far more depressing than it is, um, and it's 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 more hope than sadness. I think that um, I end the season with. Is that something you concur with? Yeah, I'm I've had great, great time. Like I said this last when we recorded last time. Like some of the memories from the season I carry forever. Like the the atmosphere in that Stoke game was brilliant. You know, just the just the actual atmosphere between fans. Like when you run into fans in real life, and it's just been great fun being Spurs this year. And uh, and that's what football's about. Like, okay, it would, I would love would have loved the championship, but you know, forget stuff like this. And um, no, I'm just incredibly grateful to the team for that. I think I would have been more hurt had I not come out with the appreciation that this is a team that will I challenge again. Team. Yeah, but it's, it's a team that will challenge again, but also a team that you you can really get behind. Yeah. Like, it's not just sort of... And the know, club have been so good about it as well. The club yeah. have, the, the way the club have handled the whole situation, they've, they've not appeared to sort of throw their toys out of the pram, leave his double down on all of his investments in the squad. He's... he's you know he's tied up all of the yeah. the main parts and Pochettino as well. So it's we for the first time I think we've got some sort of a belief in what we're doing and it's continuity, Raj. As and well. everyone's bought into it. I mean, the, yeah, the yeah. continuity fact that it's um, it's it's not it's um, invaluable. This is not an anomalous season. You know, we may not finish second next season, but you know, God, that's going to be a lot of fun too. Um, and I was, I was actually talking to Jack really early this morning and saying. You know, the first time in years, I really got my enthusiasm back to go to games and not just like Wahal Lane, but like to travel and stuff. And because, and that's not you want me going to Stoke again in a hurry, though. No, I took Stoke off the list. Let's put it. <laughs> no, I, 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 I wanted to see it, I'd never been, and I've seen it now, so that's good enough. But like, that's not about me, that's just about kind of wanting to to be close to this team. And that's the that's the best that 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 is what the kind of that show a year took away, and um. And what you know, the kind the, of like the, the, the further away we get play. from that show, would you? The more I'm, the more I sort of value how down it got me, because it's almost like it's we needed the opposite of this, because it's it's helped me appreciate this a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. That. It's it's knowing how shit it can be. Um, I like our players. I love our manager, and I even even I'm even quite well inclined towards Daniel Levy now. It's and, like um, when you um you, you know, know when you see a celebrity who's been a celebrity for their entire life, and then you see a celebrity who's sort of running to success in like their thirties or forties, and you see their different appreciation of the wealth they now yeah, have yeah, and yeah, the happiness. It's it's having that. It's having the the perspective of knowing just how shit it can be to not enjoy your football club, and then being able to enjoy them again, even in yeah. bad times. If we'd had the season under Sherwood, oh. it would have been. Half as in, can you imagine how much he would have just, you know, how much laid it credit on thick he'd about himself? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's knowing that Pochettino's done none of that, yeah. and um, that's what I'm happy about. Even him getting, you know, he's all of for all this talk of being passionate away and keeping it for his wife in her bedroom. He's on the pitch, fucking pushing people and getting involved and all sorts. And oh, uh, I thought I thought that was actually quite cold headed. I, I I thought that was um, I thought that was just smart. He was just trying to keep Danny Rose out of trouble. Yeah, yeah, I don't but think, still, I don't think I don't. No, you you aren't. No, but I mean, it's it happens, and he he was there for good intentions, and he was trying to, you know, Poch can look after himself. Let's put it that way. So, or you'd imagine he could. 
Can we can you imagine if we get Atleti in the groups next year? Him and Simeone on the touchlines yeah. and that Simeone on the pitch. Do you see Simeone on Tuesday night? Yeah. Goodness me, that's going to be a ban. I, I genuinely would pay good money to see sort of a charity UFC. Not a box-up, because I don't think either of them would have the the patience to box. I think you, you give them light gloves and you put them in shorts and you strip them to the waist and you give them... Uh, an octagon to just tear at each other in no <laughs> rules and just see who comes out I th- i'm not sure who escapes from from that situation <laughs> fun so, times yeah i that would be uh i think that's that's perhaps my uh my dream tie <laughs> just to see the carnage that ensues especially <laughs> if diego costa ends up going back there um you'd have eric lamella running in within 30 seconds two feet off the ground um, <laughs> which would be a laugh. Lamella anyway. could break Costa in half. I, Lamella is one of the nastiest footballers I've ever come across. Yeah. And I love it. I'd hate him if he was if he played for any other team other than ours. But I um I love this sort of wiry little guy with with his sort of boy band haircut. Is just is kind of like a good looking Charlie Adams. He's um I mean, he's Brad just... Pitt in Snatch. That's who yes, he is. Yes, yeah, yes. That's what he is. Just just pulses with rage. Yeah. Just, but it just has this incredibly innocent look to him. Yeah. <laughs> He's very effeminate features Take and his awful haircut. And you, yeah. Fabregas. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. he, he could kill and live with it. Yeah, mate. It's sort of like, the, you've got the eyes of a great white shark. <laughs> just like expressionless. <laughs> so, wonderful. Anyway, wonderful, wonderful. Let's, cool. um, let's leave this as it was. Um I would apologise for us being too busy to catch up last week, but I think the way in which it's worked out, perhaps being able to digest both at the same time has, has maybe been a good thing for us um, in a perverse sort of way. At least it would have just been more of the same had we been about last week, had Jack been in the country and both of us not been so busy, you not had so many shifts at Costa, we'd have, uh, not Costa, Nero. Nero, mate. Nero. Nero, sorry. You're not good enough to work at a Costa. You know, there, um, there, there probably will be people like visiting like if people live locally thinking that I do now actually work in Cafe Nero now. They'll be looking out for you. Yeah. Mates rates, give West, them a discount on their uh, on their flat white. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you very much for listening. If you want to listen to old episodes, it's on the website. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, all that sort of business. Um, we're not going to win the league, but we may do in a season or two. That's fair enough, isn't it, Seb? It is, mate. Yeah, we're in the Champions League though. We'll win that. Exactly. Can you imagine winning the Champions League next year? Don't, don't, don't. This is this is new season content, mate. Don't, don't, don't ruin it. We're gonna win the sh- that. We need a new sign off though. That's that's the new the sign off. We're gonna win the Champions League. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.